It's game day, and this is the home of Scottish football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good afternoon and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard The transfer window is shut No deadline day business for Celtic As Rangers add Florian Camberry Aberdeen travel to Ibrox today Looking to keep up the pressure Before Hamilton hosts the hoops tomorrow Kilmarnock are desperate for a win Motherwell head to Livy Richer But without James Scott I'm Gordon Duncan Joining me in the studio is Alex Ray Craig Beatty and Hugh Keevans The window is closed But the door is now opening On to the finale To the title race What you have needs to be good enough Because there's no more scope for reinforcements And there are big issues to be addressed today Aberdeen need to lighten the mood among the fans Unhappy with Derek McInnes But do they have a go at Rangers And risk a hammering at Ibrox? Kilmarnock haven't won a match since November And now we're into February They need to come out of free fall against Ross County And Hearts got the result of last weekend When they beat Rangers But do you know they haven't won in Perth for over four years. Can today be the day they lift the ever-present smile from Tommy Wright's face? Yeah, it's a lovely fixture card today with Aberdeen having a, a really hard fixture at Ibrox. So there's a post, potentially a wee opportunity for Motherwell to go seven clear in third. You know, St Johnson have a home game against Hearts which would pull them nine points clear with a victory. And then down to the Championship where Alwa, Morton and Queen of the South will try to leave Partick Thistle detached after they only managed a one-each draw here last yeah, night. I'm looking forward to the weekend, Gordon. I think there's uh, plenty of good games. You know, you're looking for Hearts to try and get that second win. Big opportunity for Rangers to reduce the, the points tally. You're looking at Murrow continuing in a good form. And can, can Marnock get a win from somewhere? Big win in Glasgow Rangers against Aberdeen. Let's go straight to Ibrox and get the team news with Gordon Diel and Alison Conroy. Good afternoon Gordon It is a place on the bench for both yesterday's loan signings for Rangers And it's had you in Florian Camberry in the bench this afternoon It's two changes from that win against Ross County in midweek In come Joe Aribo and Alfredo Morelos Out go Jermaine Defoe and Shea Ojo same team for Aberdeen that drew with St Mirren a week ago so it will be Alan McGregor in goal for Rangers a back four of Matt Polster Connor Goldson Nicola Katic and Borna Barisic then up with three of Scott Arfield Stephen Davis and Glenn Kamara with Joe Aribo and Ryan Kent just in behind the lone striker of Alfredo Morelos on the bench for Rangers Fotheringham Edmondson Tavernier Barker Ojo Hadji and Camberry for Aberdeen Joe Lewis in goal a back four of Shea Logan Ash Taylor Scott McKenna and Andrew Considine Dylan McGeoch and Funso Ojo sitting there in the three of Niall McGinn, Lewis Ferguson and Matty Kennedy. Sam Cosgrove up top for the Dons. On the bench, Cherney, Hernandez, Devlin, Campbell, Hedges, Gallagher and Anderson. Gordon Dale will start with Rangers. No surprise that Alfredo Morelos comes back in, but the bench is probably the biggest talking point. Hadjin Camberry on the bench, but also James Tavernier back there as well. Yeah, good news for Rangers. Uh, I think Tavernier's been a miss, Alison, I've got to say. I know he comes in for a bit of criticism, but I think he brings so much to this Rangers team. He's a captain. His delivery from wide areas, yes, there's question marks always about his defending, but I think uh, what he brings is a lot better. Uh, this has got to be game of the day. I'm looking forward to it. Mm. I think it'll be an absolute cracker. Two teams have got to get a result. I think we'll get bags of goals. I really do. I think it'll be an open game. I think Aberdeen's got to come here and have a go. Uh, because at the end of the day, I think Derek McInnes needs a result. And he needs to appease this Aberdeen support that 
a small section, let's be honest, a small section have started giving them a bit of criticism and it's not uh, that often you hear that. For Rangers, with Celtic playing tomorrow, they've got to close that gap. I think we're in for an absolute cracker. It was true all the last time the sides met in December. That was up at Petaudry. If we look back to September, the last time the sides met here... Rangers won 5-0. Yeah, 5-0 uh, going on anything they wanted, and I'm sure Derek McInnes will be saying that to his mm. players this afternoon. The one thing Aberdeen can't afford to do is lose an early goal here. If they lose an early goal, it can be a long afternoon for them. They've got to, we said there, would, would they come out and have a goal? I think they've got to. I think it's the only way they can try and get a result here. But Rangers, with the fact that they're knowing the Celtic don't play tomorrow, they want to close that gap. They were disappointed last week against Hearts. They brought in two signings that are on the bench. Be interesting to see how they fare. Will they go on the pitch? I know that we've had big names, you know, the father's sons, Scotland before, but... Hadji, come on, we've got to see Hadji this afternoon. I'm not leaving until he comes on the pitch. <laughs> well, he is on the bench alongside Florian Camberry and James Tav- Tavernier back in the squad as well after injury. Two changes in the starting 11 for Rangers. It is the same starting 11 for Aberdeen. A tough test, a tough challenge, uh, a physical challenge. You know, a team that's come to Ibrox on a few occasions and had some joy. So I'm sure they'll come with confidence. But yeah, we expect a very well-organised, well-drilled team that we're going to have to be at our best to take maximum points from. But one thing's for sure, the last time they come for Ibrox, um, we put in a fantastic performance. We were relentless for the 19 minutes and thoroughly deserved our win. So that's the level and type of performance that I'll be looking for from the players. In, in a world where fans have short memories, and um, I, I'm not going to be someone who's never changed that. That's the, that's the world we're in. I'm sure Derek's aware of that. But... There's no getting away from it. He's done a fantastic job at Aberdeen. The thoughts there of Stephen Gerrard and it was Tony Doherty on media duties for Aberdeen this week. It's important when you go down to these places there's a belief. You know, you have to have a belief that you're going to get a result. And you can see that, you know, the recent display against them when we went two goals down, then you've seen plenty of character from an Aberdeen team. And we'll be looking for that again, not from that period of the game, from the first minute. And that allied with the quality that we've got in the squad, we'll be looking looking to pick up a positive result. Rangers have had a fantastic season, you know, they've got the real improvement <coughs> under the new manager. And uh, we know how tough it's going to be. They've maybe had a few results that they wouldn't have wanted recently, but still they're a top, top team. Their performances are great. We don't need to be the absolute top of your game to get a positive result because we're playing a, a very good side who, who know what they're good at. But again, we know what we're good at. And if we bring our game plan and we make sure that we execute that, then we've got a chance of picking up points. Gordon DL Aberdeen against Rangers Rangers against Aberdeen it's always been one of the, the standout fixtures in Scottish football but it's been carried on by the current group as well since Stephen Gerrard arrived he's won three drawn three lost three Aberdeen have put Rangers out of cups twice Rangers have battered Aberdeen 5-0 there's been sendings off for Morelos dramatic comebacks That it really has had it all in the head-to-heads between these sides in the last well season and a half yeah, it's been absolutely terrific, you've got to say, and uh, the games have been very good, but Derry McInnes will, will have that in the back of your mind, and so will the Aberdeen players, they came here and they took a real drubbing, 5-0, and as I say, they were lucky to get back up the road, 5-0, could have been a lot more, Rangers absolutely battered them that day, I'll be interested to see how Derek sets up, usually Aberdeen sit in here and try and make it difficult for Rangers in the first 15-20 minutes, try and play their way into the, into the game, for me this afternoon, I think with Derek coming under a little bit of criticism, I think he's got to be more positive. I think he's got players there. He's got good quality players. He's added to his squad as well. And plus the fact he's got a guy up front that can bang him goals. 
and the only way he can score goals is if they get service to him. On the other hand, Rangers have got the pressure of knowing that they've got to make sure they keep this title going. They've got to close that gap this afternoon and put a little bit of pressure on Celtic. I know that Celtic will get into the game uh, even if Rangers won two points in front, but you've still got to close the gap. You've got to say to Celtic, we're still here. We're still we're still on your tails. We've got to make sure they were putting pressure on you. So it's going to be an interesting game. It's going to be an absolute fantastic game. Uh, that of no doubt. It'll be a full house here. Terrific atmosphere. And as I say, I think we'll get plenty of goals. OK, let's go around the rest of the grounds then. Rangers against Aberdeen was our first port of call. Uh, we will delve into the ins and outs of the transfer window a bit later on. But Hibs against St Mirren, Fraser Wishart. Uh, Hibs were certainly one of the, the busier sides. They certainly were in the last few days and there's changes to, to both these squads here as you said with the usual last minute mad rush in the last few hours of the, the transfer window the big departure for Hibs was flooring Camberries on the bench at Ibrox but I think they brought in a decent replacement in Mark McNulty and when you add Greg Doherty Stefan Omiyonga and Paul McGinn during the, the, the early part of the transfer window I think um, you're looking at Hibs and they're a bit stronger than they were in January the first I think Jack Ross will be happy with his squad but they now have to kick on like every single manager up and down the country you have to work with the players that you've got and for the rest of this season after a shaky start he's stabilised things and they've climbed the league into 5th place but I think sorry 6th place but 5th at least is a target Livingston just above them and maybe Aberdeen in 4th place although that might just be out of reach but I think the fans are looking for good things in the second half of the season in terms of the style of play and also perhaps a cup run and they come here in the back of a good win against Dundee United and scoring a, a few goals but uh, Saints will make it difficult we know that Jim Goodwin is a good coach he's got them well organised he's got them difficult to beat and they'll need all of these traits if they are to win in the fight to beat relegation the one thing they have to improve on is a poor away record, only one win for St Mirren, one draw and nine defeats away from home so far this season, but Saints have also been busy in the transfer window, they brought in seven players over over the, the period Alec Yakubiak from Watford and Lee Hodgson on loan the latest ones to come in, and a last minute loan signing Sefidin Chabi from the Turkish club Gaziantep, I know nothing about him, he's a Tunisian, Austrian background, he's a striker, and we're fascinated to see what he brings, he's here he was getting shown around by Gus McPherson just a couple of minutes ago, but he, like everybody else that's been signed in the last few days, doesn't start the game and in fact none of the signings for either team start Doherty and McNulty on the bench Jakubiak and Hudson on the bench for St Mirren three changes for Hibs Gray, McGregor and Omionga come in with James, Jackson and Whitaker out they go with Ophir Marciano in goals David Gray, Darren McGregor Paul Hanlon and Lewis Stevenson in the back Stefan Omionga and Joe Newell in midfield with Martin Boyle, Scott Allen and Daryl Horgan behind lone striker Christian Doidge on the bench Adam Bogdan, Paul McGinn Tom James, Mikael Halberg Fraser Murray, Greg Doherty and Mark McNulty. For Saints, no changes from the nothing each draw against Aberdeen last week. Vaclav Hladke's in goals. Ryan Flynn, Conor McCarthy, Akin Fameo and Callum Waters at the back. Sam Foley and Cammy McPherson in midfield. Juno Marias, Tony Andrew and Ilkay Durmas behind Jonathan Obika. And the subs for Saints, Dean Linus, Lee Hodgson, Jamie McGrath, Kel McAllister, Danny Mullen, Alex Yakubiak and Cody Cook. And the referee today, Easter Road, is Bobby Madden. Let's hear from Jim Goodwin. A difficult one, no doubt about it. I watched them, uh, I went to the game against Motherwell at the weekend and I went through to Easter Road on, on Tuesday night as well to watch them against Dundee United. So, you know, I can see both aspects of the game in terms of how organised Jack has got them now at the moment since he's came in. Um, you know, they're not giving a great deal away and obviously we know the threats that they've got anyway. You know, like likes of Scott Allen, Doidge, scored a hat-trick the other night. So, um, yeah, we're going to need to be defensively sound but at the same time you know I think there's parts of the game that we can go and exploit and if we get at them in the manner that I want us to do then I think we can get a bit of joy ourselves The Spaghetti Had is the venue for Livingston against Motherwell Roger Hanna is keeping an eye on that one 
Yeah, and optimism persists. I was looking forward to this one, Gordon, but I was also looking forward to it when it was here in the opening day of the season when these two teams met at the Tony Macaroni Arena and it was a dreadful nil-nil draw. And I remember thinking on the way home that day, I don't fancy the chances of Livingston Motherwell much this season. And yet, here's Motherwell third in the table, Livingston fifth in the table, and both going terrifically well. Livingston here, they've had five consecutive home wins here ahead of the visit of Motherwell. They're in absolutely terrific form. They look cemented in the top six, even at the start of February. And it's it absolutely it's a great credit to the work of Gary Holt, David Martindale, and everyone here, all the players here. They just work away tirelessly behind the scenes, and they're getting the results. So very similar to Motherwell. One of the biggest results for them, of course, would be European qualification. Um, they don't really budget for that, but the budget took a significant boost last night with the sale of young James Scott, a million and a half the deal could go to. He's off to Hull City. Motherwell did manage to get in a loan replacement. Rolando Ahrens has come in alone from Newcastle United just before the transfer window closed last night. He's not quite ready to come in to the 18 today, but I will give you the teams here, Gordon. Just one change from Livingston for that side that won 4-2 at Hamilton last weekend. Amen Souda drops to the bench. I'm not sure whether that's anything to do with his histrionics as he came off when he was substituted last week, but he's out. Scott Robinson's in, so he go with on loan goalkeeper Robbie McCrory against the same back four. Jack McMillan, John Guffey, Kieran Brown, and Aaron Taylor Sinclair, a former Motherwell player. Holden players midfield, Marvin Bartley and Craig Sibbald, and then it's Stephen Lawless, another former Motherwell player, with Scott Pittman and Scott Robinson behind Lyndon Dykes on the bench. Mailey, Lithgow, Crawford, Jacobs, Lawson, Souda, and Lamey. As for Motherwell, three changes. On the side of Drew 0-0 with Hibbs at Firth Park last week and the boost for Stephen Robinson is the turn to fitness of both Christopher Long and Jermaine Hilton they both start an attack with Richard Tate coming back in at right back so it's Mark Gillespie in goal it's a back four Richard Tate Declan Gallagher Peter Hartley and Jake Carroll midfield three Liam Donnelly Alan Campbell and Liam Polworth and up front it is Jermaine Hilton and Christopher Long with Christian Illich on the bench Carson Grimshaw Sadov Manzinga Mugabe O'Hara and McIver the referee at the Tony Macaroni Arena this afternoon is John Beaton uh, Thank you to Roger Hanna the one team in the Premiership who could really do with a win above everyone else is Kilmarnock arguably the most out of form team in the division Mark Guidi you're watching them at home to Ross County Yeah you're absolutely right Gordon they need a victory and they need one fast uh, they sit in 7th position on 23 points but they haven't won a league game since November 23rd when they beat Hearts here at Rugby Parts it's 7 defeats uh, in a row in the league and nine league games without a victory it really has to change quickly and Alex Dyer will be hoping that today's opponents Ross County uh, will be a team that doesn't get a result and Kilmarnock can back on the winning trail and create some distance between them because if Ross County win today they will go above uh, Kilmarnock in the table new signing Kit Broadfoot is on the bench and the starting lineup uh, chosen by Alec Dyer it's a 4-2-3-1 formation it's Lauren Brunescu in goals at the back it is Stephen O'Donnell Dario Del Fabro, Stuart Finlay and Nico Hammerlining the holding two Alan Power and Gary Dicker and it's Chris Buck Eamon Brophy and Rory McKenzie in behind the main striker Nicky Kabamba on the bench for the Ayrshire side Jan Koprovic Greg Kilty Harry Bunn Moel McCreaney, Kit Broadfoot, Ross Millen and Harvey Sinclair for Ross County. This is their third away game in a row and they are coming here on the back of two defeats back-to-back. One against Celtic and one against Rangers. They go with a 4-4-2 formation. It's Nathan Baxter in goals at the back. Marcus Fraser, Keith Watson, Cole Donaldson and Richard Foster. In midfield, Jordan Tielsen, Ian Vigers, Don Cowie and Josh Mullen. And it's a front two of the former commander striker Lee Irwin and Ollie Shaw. 
On the bench uh, for the Staggies, Ross Laidlaw, Sean Kelly, Liam Fontaine, Billy Mackay, Lewis Spence, Blair Spittle and Harry Payton. And today's match referee at Rugby Park, it is Willie Collum. The result of the weekend last week went to Hearts. Few would argue against that. They're away to St Johnston today and Dave Galloway is keeping an eye on it. Thanks, Gordon. Well, of course, as you say, Hearts come here on a real high after last weekend's fantastic victory over Rangers. St Johnston brushed aside in midweek by Celtic, but they say they're taking the positives from an improved performance after a real nightmare of a start. The Saints are striving for consistency as they look to push closer to the top six. In the last ten league games, they've won three, lost three and drawn four. As for the Jam Tarts, they remain at the foot of the Premiership despite beating Rangers and the hope, obviously, is that they can use that as a springboard to build a winning run. Looking at the teams then, and uh, St Johnson have certainly uh, rung the changes, no fewer than five alterations by uh, Tommy Wright. In come McCart, Ralston, Craig, Kane and May. Out go Booth, Duffy, Holt, O'Halloran and Henry. So it's Xander Clark in goals, a back three of Liam Gordon, Jason Kerr and Jamie McCart. Five in midfield, Anthony Ralston, Ali McCann, Liam Craig, David Wotherspoon and Scott Tanzer. Up top, Chris Kane and Stevie May. Substitutes Parrish, Booth, Butcher, Henry, Swanson, O'Halloran and Holt. As for Hearts, will they just make uh, the one change? In comes Meshino, out goes Moore. So it's Joel Pereira in goals across the back. Sean Clear, Craig Halkett, John Souter and Eddie White. Two sitting midfielders, Andy Irving and Toby Sibick. Further forward, it's uh, Rio Taro, uh, Meshino, Stephen Naismith and Ewan Henderson behind the main striker and man of the moment. Uh, Liam Boyce substitutes for the visitors, Zlamal, Bazanic, Washington, Ikpiezu, Di Kimona, Moore and Avdijaj. And the match referee today is Greg Aitken. As you up to speed with team news from our featured matches, then Rangers, Aberdeen, Hibs, St Mirren, Livingston, Motherwell, Kilmarnock, Ross County and St Johnston Hearts. At this time on a Saturday, we always get all the guys involved, get a bit of a debate going on the week's biggest stories. An easy one this week. Transfer window closing last night. We'll look at the winners and losers after these. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Road Accident Solicitors. The compensation you deserve when you've been sidelined. Talk to Thompson's.com. Hugh Evans, Craig Beattie, and Alex Ray are in the studio. The top team are all around the grounds as we build up to kick off between Rangers, Aberdeen, Hibs, St. Mirren, Livy, Motherwell, Kilmarnock, Ross County, and St. Johnston Hearts. We've already given you team news, so let's take a look back on some of the big talking points from the transfer window, most notably deadline day as well. How would you sum it up, Hugh Evans? Uh, the biggest issue in our game is who wins the league title. Now, Rangers have brought in uh, the son of, uh, and no one really knows for sure how good he is. So he's on the bench today. Uh, we'll find out how good Hadji is in the, the, the fullness of time. Camberry, we all know about. Uh, and Rangers had to respond to the loss of uh, Jermaine Defoe. I don't think that Camberry is a Jermaine Defoe. It's not replacing like with like. However, when called upon, he will have to step up to the mark. With regard to Celtic, I am not sure that the response is the one that the Celtic fans expected. With the title race as tight as it is, albeit with Celtic having the whip hand, I think the Celtic supporters thought there would be more than two players who look like Projects and Neil Lennon in his first incarnation as Celtic manager 
Was the man who said Don't talk to me about projects Projects are something that my daughter does at school I think the Celtic supporters Were looking for Another central defender to come in And I don't think they expected Two players Who might not be involved All that much Between now and the end of the season So I think from the old firm perspective In Ibrooks, There are two players there May be able to hit the ground running for Rangers I'm not sure Celtic have got the same Roger Hanna How would you sum up the business done Particularly by the big two Yeah I think the Celtic hierarchy Will say in their defence Well we spent five and a half million pounds You know in January And the Rangers haven't spent a penny But the most salient point Is the point you made at the start Long term projects don't matter When old firm fans Don't want to look any further forward Than the next three and a half months to who wins this league title so if Patrick Clamalla and Ismail Asoro turn out to be world beaters in three years time that's going to be irrelevant if Celtic don't win nine in a row so Celtic have spent money um, I'm not necessarily sure and I think Hugh agrees that Clamalla or Soro will make a huge difference I'm not sure Soro will get into the team in the short term Rangers look as if they've brought players in um, with one thing in mind and that is to try and win this championship Hadji, we don't know whether he's going to be good, bad or indifferent but he's only here on loan if he's bad he can go back to Genk at the end of the season um, I agree that Florian Camberi is not Jermaine Defoe but Rangers had very little time at the end of the window after Defoe's injury against Ross County on Wednesday night to find someone they spread the net they were looking at three or four or five different strikers uh, Camberi's the one they got over the line when he's good he can be very good when he's bad he can be awful so Stephen Jenner we just need to work with him and try and get the best out of him how it all shakes down I don't think any of us could really say at the minute but it looks to me that Rangers have made signings with the next four months in mind Celtic have made signings with the next four years in mind Mark Greedy a quick look at social media a quick listen to the phone lines on this show tells you that the Celtic fans are absolutely split on the transfer window you have one group that says We've won the last 10 domestic trophies We already had a strong squad And we've brought in some backup What's the big deal? We've spent £20 million this season £5 million in this window What more do you want? Then there's the other group Completely opposing view Which says The board should have done more To go and guarantee 9 And push on towards 10 Which one do you subscribe to? Well, I think you can see merit And, and uh, you know, a level of understanding in both I think first of all For both, both clubs Celtic and Rangers I, I would congratulate the board of both clubs' management, you know, the whole football club, for not cashing in, first of all, because they haven't weakened their squads. You know, they could have if they really wanted to. You know, not be, let's be honest, wouldn't be short of offers uh, for an Edward or a, a Morelos or a McGregor or a Tavernier if they really wanted to. So I think, first of all, when money's so tight in this country, fair play to them. They've really kept their best players. Coming in, I think that the major bonus for Celtic over the past few weeks, and it's probably saved them from having to go out and try and get a more proven striker to push Edward, has been the, the re-emergence of Lee Griffiths. And now the challenge for Lee Griffiths is to keep that going uh, for the next four months, keep pushing Edward or, or keep building that partnership that the two of them uh, have got together. That allows Klimala to develop. And like I've always said now, January's an important one because I do expect Edward to be sold in the summer. And therefore, you've got to hope that Klimala over the next five months is ready to step up and become the number nine or Griffiths is, is, is in a right good place and ready to be the number nine for, for next season as well 
So that's the way you look at that. Sorrow, I don't know much about, but I don't think midfield is an area that, that Celtic really needed, unless you could have got a, a Winyama, and I think that's something that you go and do. If the, the opportunity was there to go, to go and get him, I don't know if it realistically ever was. And for Rangers, as Roger said, they had less than 48 hours to go and do something after Jermaine Defoe. They had to go and try and do something on a restricted budget. And they've brought in Kimberry, a guy who knows our Premiership very well, who is capable of scoring goals. So I think that's a more than decent move. And same with the rest of the guys. For Hadji, uh, we don't really know yet, but certainly if he's... As some people say, if he's half as good as he's fairer, then they'll certainly have a player in their hands. Gordon DL, was there enough significant business done between Celtic and Rangers to really make a call on, on who had a better window? That's the way this city operates. You're always get asked about comparisons. Can, can you really make one in this occasion? No, not for me. I'm surprised with the transfer window. I don't see either club making a sign in that you stand up and think, yeah, that could be the difference. Uh, yeah, the, the reports of uh, the arguments uh, with Celtic. Yeah, they've spent money, of course they have. Brought in two 21-year-olds. Is that what they need to get them over the line? Possibly not. I don't think they'll play a big partner at all. But Neil Lennon's got the, the confidence in the, the, the squad, as uh, people rightly say. They've won 10 trophies in a row. They've been absolutely fantastic. They look very good with this new formation. Uh, the other hand, I'm surprised at Rangers. Uh, I know that they've brought in two in the deadline. Uh, window yesterday and I'm surprised at the fact that I've been saying since the window opened Gordon and I've had a conversation I, even Alex come out with, you know saying about the defence of well Greg Stewart can play up top I think you've got to cover all bases I think Rangers put themselves in a real poor position yesterday with Defoe getting injured in midweek they left herself open to go to Canberra at Hibs now I don't know what this guy's going to bring I really don't would I put my hat on him Putting me over the line to win the league? No, I certainly would not. Um, he obviously here is a club he's always wanted with the usual cliches. Club I've always wanted to play for. Love the club, love the supporters, dream move. Well, remember one thing, you're going back to Easter Road, mate, because I don't think you'll stay here. So it's going to be interesting to see. I think it's the two squads that started the season It's going to decide the league. I don't think the transfers are going to make any difference whatsoever to any of these teams. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that argument I just thought that from Celtic's perspective There was a, a need to acknowledge That Rangers ha, have come on by leaps and bounds And if the game on December 29 Was any indication they have Celtic's measure And I think the Celtic supporters were expecting To see that acknowledged by The arrival of the experienced players of calibre that Neil Lennon spoke about bringing in at the start of the window but have not materialised Fraser Wisher, what do you make of Hugh and, and a few other the guys have made similar points about Celtic maybe not bringing in anyone to go and impact that starting 11, Hugh feels maybe a, a, a defender, are Celtic at a difficult level now where they've got that successful team, guys that have won a lot of trophies and actually upgrading them is yeah. quite simply not that easy well, I think that was the problem for, for both teams was uh, it's almost as you were. You look at them on the 1st of January, you look at them on the 1st of February and, and I don't think either 1st of living is, is stronger. I don't think uh, they're substantially better than they were and, and I don't see any of the signings playing a, a kind of pivotal role between now and the end of the season. And, and, and I think if you look at Celtic's point of view, you know, Jared Bowen is a young winger from Hull City who many people wouldn't have heard of. He's been fantastic for three years. He went for £20 million to 
uh, West Ham United. So Celtic were even looking at championship players of, of quality, then that's the kind of level they would have to be looking at and huge salaries. So it's very difficult. And I don't think the Celtic board were sitting there saying, ah, we're fine, we're cool, you know, we'll win the league. I think if the right player had come up, then they would have signed them. And, and often Celtic have been criticised for signing too many players at one half, two million, who are just really squad players. Now they don't do that. They don't need it because they've got they've got a very strong squad. They needed somebody who was better than in their first 11. And I think it was Mark Weedy making the point about Lee Griffiths. I think it's a really, really good point is that Lee Griffiths' emergence has made that kind of, kind of need for maybe another striker. They didn't need that as well. So difficult window. For me, neither of them are particularly stronger than they were on the 1st of January and, and it's as you were it's going to be a, a title race right up to the very last gasp Hugh why does it have to be seen as a negative can we can we try and flip it and say that as a collective here and say do you know what good good that both clubs have faith in the players that they've got both that they believe in what they're working on and they believe that they can continue to get better and one of them will go on and win the league I feel like because of the way transfer windows work now everything's sort of hyped up People seem to think, you know, the more money, the better. And it's almost like people say, if you make signings, it's a good thing. And if you don't, it's a bad thing. But surely there's more to it. Well, for me, it's very, very simple. This league championship is the most important one, arguably, of all time in the eyes of the Rangers and the Celtic supporters. And Rangers have thrown everything at this in the hope of winning it and stopping Celtic. I mean, to pay £7 million... For Ryan Kent was a, a real statement of intent. They may, in fact, have paid more than he's worth, but they are intent on stopping Celtic. The Celtic supporters, as we all know, to a man in this programme, the Celtic supporters regard 10 in a row, never mind nine, 10 in a row as the Holy Grail. So you can't get to 10 without nine. Now, as we entered the winter break, Rangers had just beaten Celtic comfortably. The league was relatively tight. The Celtic supporters were told that players would be coming in and they would be of a certain calibre and of a certain level of experience. Now, you can't decry a club that spends £5.5 million on two players, but they are not going to make any material difference to the winning of this league The defence of this league So you will decry a club For spending 5.5 no, million on no, players I'm just saying They've spent the money But what have they spent it on Interesting though I was just going to ask Because Hugh mentions Rangers having thrown Everything at it yeah. and, and the assumption being then That, that Celtic haven't you, you mentioned 7 million For Ryan Kent at no, the no, same no, no, no no I'm not saying Celtic haven't I'm simply saying that Rangers Given that Rangers are not they like Celtic They didn't spend anything During this window Rangers are not like Celtic Celtic have the cash rich element that we keep getting here. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Rangers, what Rangers have done is push the boat out because they still go on and they still exist on loans. I think, Let's not forget. You, I think we're getting ahead of ourselves in terms of these guys not making a, an impact. I think if you'd have said at the start of the season, what impact would Frimpong have in the proceedings? Mm-hmm. I think we can write this off as if it's cast in stone. I think Rangers have actually brought two guys in, and I think it was enforced due to the fact that Defoe got injured the other day. Anything happens to Morelos. Over the next you know, week or so Then you are down to the bare bones Because Stuart's struggling with injury as well So Camberry was a necessity for them From that aspect And they've lacked that little bit of magic From middle to front you know, Because it's pretty much the same midfield When they have to open up defences that drop deep So you never know how Hadji's going to fit in But he will be coming here to try and make an impact And as for Celtic That is classic Celtic signings They've been doing it for years It's their model 
They go and identify people now. If something happens to Scott Brown or McGregor, I wouldn't be surprised if Sorrell goes in. He's a sitting midfielder, box to box, good energy. So they may well play a part in this. We just don't know in terms of the circumstances. Just like, before we move on, Craig, sorry, I was just going to ask the guys to maybe think outside the box or give us some names that we haven't heard. Does anything jump out at you, Roger, as being the best piece of business that, that you saw during the window? Sunday afternoon, Liam Boyce. Yeah. Also, probably the best piece of business. They were desperate for somebody to to haul them off the bottom of the table. Their need was greater than anyone else's. Gordon, they went, they paid the money for Liam Boyce. They got an instant dividend against Rangers last Sunday. And if you put him in there with Stephen Naismith, I think Hart should be okay now to, to get away from the the perils of the first half of the season. Mark Greedy, any advance on Liam Boyce? No, Liam Boyce was 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 good. And there was a, there was a couple of clubs interested. There. I know certainly one other club from our top flight that wanted Lee Boyce and Hearts pushed the, the boat out to get him so you, know, you look at his performance last week who was it Mark? Against, uh, against Rangers what's that Alex? What's, I'm just curious do you know who it is? do you like this who it was? I might know but um, <laughs> to get back to the point <laughs> just like you Alec you always throw one in you never tell us who it is so I'll do the yeah. same to you but no, just... uh, for, Lee, for, for Lee but once you start telling Alec then I'll do the same Liam Boyce <laughs> it was a great signing for, for Hearts it and, was Aberdeen uh, anyway he's done, he's, done, <laughs> he's done well see Hugh's in the know and he's done very he's done uh, very well and uh, if he can kick on then he could be the guy that, that could really make uh, the, the the difference I think um, Kabamba Kilmarnock I like the look of him I think he could chip in with five or six goals between now and the end of the season which could make a, a big difference for them I look at uh, St Mirren and they've lost two or three players when the squad I think's uh, pretty thin um, so I've got a bit of concern uh, for the way St Mern have, have unfortunately lost a few players in this transfer window that Fraser Wisher it doesn't always have to be an incoming it, it could be a significant outgoing with a you know a good fee or a good arrangement any pieces of business that jump out for you I was going to say exactly that I thought James Scott was a brilliant piece of business for, for Motherwell for a, a large fee up front and they managed to push it up to a larger fee with some add-ons and will probably end up with 1.5 million plus for, for, that, for that club for a player who's come through the youth system and who's only really a year into into first team football and only really this season they're regular so good business sadly weekends motherwell but uh, they managed to get a lad in from, from Newcastle as well at the last minute which, which might just help them out but uh, I thought that was a good piece of business I, I, looking at the, the teams in front of me um, we disagree with, with Mark I think St Murn are looking okay and I think uh, if they can get your Kubiak and um, Chabi the signing from, from the Turkish club if they can fire up front then I think they might be okay because they're, they're solid and they're well organised um, and for, for Hibs I thought Greg Doherty is a good signing and also Mark McNulty I think will come in here Canberra was drifting wide not scoring a lot of goals I think McNulty will come in loves Hibs and loves playing here so I think uh, Hibs will, will, will look at the window and think yeah that's been a good window for us OK we'll leave it there because the big kickoffs are less than 20 minutes away some great fixtures to come we'll go back around the grounds next Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors the league leader for compensation talk to thompsons.com 15 minutes to kick off in the big games Rangers against Aberdeen the standout fixture in this part of the world we gave you team news already Hadji and Camberry both on the bench for Rangers James Tavernier back amongst the substitutes as well as Alfredo Morelos reclaims his place in the starting 11 no changes for Aberdeen from last week's performance so that's certainly an interesting one to keep an eye on between now and 6 o'clock this evening let's go back around the rest of the grounds get a further flavour of the build-up Let's go back to that one Livingston Against Motherwell Roger It's a case of something Potentially having to give Livy five in a row at home Motherwell five in a row Away from home And it's no secret That they're two of the success stories In the league this season The table would reflect that 
Yeah, it certainly would. We said that at the top of the show. Motherwell, third place, four points clear of Aberdeen. And I'll be hoping if Aberdeen don't pick up anything at Ibrox this afternoon, they can, they can widen that gap and really cement themselves, Gordon, in third place. Losing James Scott's obviously going to be a blow, particularly with Devante Cole having headed back down south at the start of the transfer window. But... Stephen Robinson, his faith in the players there, he's got Christopher Long fit again, you saw the importance of him with a hat-trick in the, in the cup up at Dens Park last month, Jermaine Hilton is fit again, and Christian Illich is beginning to get his first run, he had terrible fitness problems in his first six months of his Motherwell career, he's beginning to get a bit of a run, so Motherwell, they look solid at the back, they look solid in midfield, it's just in that final third that there's been so many changes this season, but once Rolando Ahrens hits the ground running after his loan move from Newcastle, there'll be more to come from Michael and Jolie as well, I would think, in the second half of the season. There's a fair chance Motherwell can finish third, but, but coming to places like Livingston, you spoke about that really impressive home record of late for Gary Holton. Coming here and getting a win is it, it, going to be critical to Motherwell if they are going to have real ambitions of, of the Europa League next season. Management down there play their strength and know what they're good at. They use the pitch to their advantage. They put loads and loads of balls into your box. They score so many goals from long throws and set plays. So we have to stand up to that. There, there's more than one way to win a football match. We proved against Aberdeen we can do that. You know, we, we didn't play super football, but we were men, we were, you know, we were aggressive, we stood up that we were organised. They play a lot more football than people give them credit for. They get the ball early forward. They play to their strength. They've got Lyndon Dykes who I think is a very, very good footballer. They play to him and when they get it up there they play some good football. They've got boys in midfield that can handle the ball. And they put balls into areas that hurt you. But again, if we go and play the way we can play, if we go and put on an Aberdeen performance with the steel that we showed and the level of quality we showed against Hibs, you know, I'm I'm confident that we can go and get a get a result. The challenge for St Mirren going to Easter Road, Fraser Wisher, is that they've got the worst away record in the league. Only four points and six goals scored in their eleven away fixtures so far this season. So I'm sure Jim Goodwin Wants to, to fix that one And of course up against the goal machine All of a sudden in Christian Doidge He's got 12 in his last 14 Including those two hat-tricks Yeah and I think it'll be interesting To see how Doidge plays with, with Christian With no flooring Camberry Because I think the two of them Up front Camberry Was kind of drifting wide in the games that I saw him at starting centre Drifting wide Doing a lot of hard work Whereas Doidge almost played Between the posts And just got into the penalty box Where his strength is And he's finishing his, And his goal scoring So he'll be one they'll have to watch But uh, you know You can look at Simon uh, compared to last season, they're a far better team than they were last year, and they managed to, to stay up. You can see they're well organised. That's in the of good coaching from from Jim Goodwin. They all know their their jobs. Uh, players like Ryan Flynn converted to right back. The two centre backs he signed as well, McCarthy and Fameo, look strong. It's the other end where Obika and Marias work so hard, but they don't look as if they're going to get too many goals. And I think that's where he's hoping that Yakubiak and and uh, Chabi will come in and, and maybe get a goal. But uh, if you're Simon, you're looking towards the bottom end of the table. The four points, I think, ahead of, of, of Hearts, almost three or four points. But uh, to be honest with you, we all think Hearts will get out of that. And it's maybe going to be the Hamilton Ackies of this world that they're going to look at. And uh, if they've got every chance with you look up to Kilmarnock, who are only three points ahead of Simon as well. There's a lot of teams at the moment who need a couple of wins to get themselves out of this battle. And a couple of bad weeks could drag a few other teams in. I, I think Simon will be safe, mainly because Jim Goodwin's shrewd enough to get his team through the more difficult games. And they can grind out a 0-0 like they did last week against the bigger club. Uh, yeah you're right Kilmarnock will be one of the sides looking down the way I don't think there's any doubt about that Mark Guidi as they welcome Ross County You like the look of Kabamba Mark One of the January signings I wonder how much pressure though is on his shoulders Because when you look through the individuals that Kilmarnock have got No one has more than three league goals this season So it's clear to see where the problem lies Yeah it's been a problem for him And yet having watched them here in the Scottish Cup A couple of weeks ago Even though I take into account Queen's Park With the opposition, a lower league team 
they really looked apart, as I said, from from our reports down here to to Super Scoreboard. But uh, I think Kabamba looks good. I'm, I'm I'm interested to see if it's Kabamba and, and, and Brophy's an old-fashioned front two today, or if Brophy's just going to sit um, in behind. You know, a, a partnership, strike partnerships coming back into our league. I, I hope they are on, on the back of uh, Griffiths and Edwards. Maybe a few more teams will, will go like it. So interested to see what they do. But they certainly need goals and, and they need a win. They need to give the Kilmarnock supporters uh, belief as well. There needs to be. I think Alessio gets some really good results and they were on that run for six or seven games which has helped them be where they are now so it's not been overly damaging the fact that they've gone nine nine wins in the league without a victory but I think the club needs a bit of personality back um, on the park and off the park and uh, winning today would be a good way to start uh, The last fixture to go around before we go back to Ibrooks is St Johnston against Hearts um, you look at the head-to-head in that one absolutely incredible to think Hearts haven't won any of the last 12 visits to McDermott Park You have to go back to 2012 to find the last time the Jambos won in Perth Dave Galloway, I'm wondering about the mood of Tommy Wright He was very unhappy this time last week with his own club, with the board, with their transfer strategy He's got a couple in, Jamie McCart goes in and I think starts the game this afternoon Can you see him being a bit more content with the way things are? Um, it's a difficult one to call actually you know Hearts they've got a, a big prize at stake haven't they they can drag themselves off the foot of the Premiership with a victory and of course man of the moment Liam Boyce he showed his class on his debut last Sunday against Rangers and also scored a dramatic late winner he'll clearly want to build on that speaking of the Saints um they seem to have a problem scoring goals this season. St Mirren, only St Mirren, have scored less times in the league uh, during this campaign than the, the Perth Saints um, against Celtic in midweek in the 3-0 defeat. There it was O'Halloran and Henry up top. This time it's a strike pairing that Tommy Wright is trying of uh, Kane and May. So we'll just have to wait and see if that makes any difference. But Saints really do need to start sticking the ball away more. Uh, that's you up to speed on the Premiership Don't forget we've got some fantastic lower league fixtures this afternoon as well We actually got up and running uh, with Friday night football Between Partick Thistle and Ayr last night Dundee United are both Inverness Alloa, Morton Dundee And Queen of the South Dunfermline Just some of the the, low, well, the the championship card to keep an eye on this afternoon uh, We're about to get things up and running So don't forget your chance on the open line will be here at 5 o'clock So listen with interest, watch your team, do whatever you have to do between now and then Get in touch with us at 5 and let us know what you made of it all We've given you the full build-up St Johnston Hearts, Kelly Ross County, Livy Mullerwell and Hib St Mirren We're around 7 minutes away from kick-off And we'll go back to Ibrooks next Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, the form team for compensation for more than 40 years. Talk to Thompson's.com. It's full time rugby park. Let's get the lowdown from Mark Guidi. Full time, Colmarnock 3, Ross County 1, and a deserved victory for Kelly, the first in the league since November 23rd, and it ends that horrible run of seven straight league defeats and yet they were a goal behind at half time very much against the run of play Kilmarnock controlled it had a couple of good shouts <coughs> excuse me for a penalty waved away by referee Willie Collum and they fell behind to a beautiful goal in the 26th minute from Ian Vigers Hammerlinen lost possession inside his own half the ball made its way across the box and from 19 yards out with his sweet left foot he caught it 19 yards and beautifully into the top right hand corner of Lauren Branescu's net but Kelly rallied in the second half and it was the front two, a partnership selected today by boss Alex Dyer, 
of Eamon Brophy and Nicky Kabamba and it paid dividends. Brophy, the Scotland striker, equalised in the 54th minute. Right foot shot from 20 yards out. An absolute rasper. Nathan Baxter got his hand to it, but it only stung his glove as the ball flew into the top right-hand corner of the net. It was 2-1 in the 58th minute penalty kick. The brilliant Chris Buck was... Pulled down inside the box, Brophy stepped up and sent Baxter the wrong way to put them 2 1 in the lead. Brophy was substituted to a standing ovation, and it was his strike partner, Kabamba, that got on the score sheet. Once again, Chris Buck with an assist, a lovely free kick into the box. Kabamba with a looping header from eight yards and into the net. A deserved victory for Kilmarnock, the edge closer towards that 30 point mark, and it was much needed for Alex Dyer and the home support. Full time in Ayrshire. Command at three, Ross County one. And it's also full time in Livingston against Motherwell, Roger Hanna. There is Gordon Livingston one, Motherwell nil, a narrow scoreline, but a thoroughly deserved victory for the Lions. A dominant display in a sixth straight home win here at the Tony Macaroni Arena. It would have been a far wider margin of victory, but for the heroics of Motherwell goalkeeper Mark Gillespie. Five outstanding saves in the first half alone. First half of just seven minutes. He spilled the shot by Lyndon Dykes, but it was enough to clear the danger. Then in 14 minutes, a one-handed save from Dykes' close-range header kept Motherwell at nil-nil at that stage. Scott Pittman was next to be denied twice in the first half. First one, a one-on-one after being put through by Craig Sibold. Gillespie spread himself for a fine stop, and then Gillespie holding a deflected effort from range after 33 minutes. Before the break, he slapped away another effort from Scott Robinson after a great running cross by Aaron Taylor Sinclair. Livingston had chance after chance after the break. Perhaps the best was just a minute before the interval. Kieran Brown, a free header from Craig Sibold's corner, but planting it wide of the post. Stephen Robinson clearly unhappy. Two changes at half-time off. Jermaine Hilton and Christian Illich on Christian Manzinga and Beavis Mugabe, but he couldn't change the flow of the play at all. It was all Livingston and he just kept pushing forward. They had a chance after 63 minutes, a smartly taken shot, three kick by Sybil to Dykes, and Motherwell captain Peter Hartley had to slip in with a terrific challenge to knock the ball behind for a corner. Gillespie saving again at the feet of Marvin Bartley after 65 minutes as Livingston pushed harder and harder. And finally the breakthrough after 68 minutes, a throw in wide on the left-hand side by Kieran Brown. Flicked on it in the near post, and near at the back post, the further former Motherwood defender, Aaron Taylor-Sinkler, a flying header, Gillespie got a hand but all he could do was divert it upwards and it went in off the crossbar. Motherwell tried hard to get back into the game, but Robbie McCrory didn't have a save to make the closest they came deep, deep into at the time and substitute Mark O'Hara. Saw an effort, beat McCrory, but come back off the post. It would have been absolute robbery at the end, as it was. Living at three points deservedly. Man of the match has to be Motherwell goalkeeper Gillespie, who finished Livingston 1, Motherwell 0. Goal flashes with one-stop roofing supplies. And we've got a late goal. And it comes for... Hearts, Sean Clare has equalised for the Jambos Possibly the last kick of the ball St Johnston 3, Hearts 3 You did say they would get back into it Well, Sean Clare is one of the players Who has come alive again under Daniel Stendel. He looked washed up at Tynecastle But since the change of manager He has taken on a new lease of life And I thought they would kick on in a big way And win that match But We'll settle for a point now. Full time Easter Road, Fraser Wishart. The Bernard 2, Simon 2, a good game to watch. I share the points was probably fair over the 90 minutes. Since 2 up, should have been ahead at the break. They're hauled back by Hibs with the better of the second half. 
but couldn't engineer a winner. All the goals came in the first half for St Mirren were on top. In the 14th minute, the opener came out first and with an outswinging corner from the right-hand side. Conor McCarthy, big centre-half, unmarked unbelievably at the near post, headed home from six yards. It was 2-0 to Saints on 17. Ilkay Dermis did really well on the left, got to the byline, cut the ball back, and Tony Andrew with a lovely low left-foot finish across the goalkeeper from 10 yards. Hibbs reeling at this point, go back into the game in 25 minutes. Scott Allen sent Martin Boyle scampering down the right-hand side. His cutback from the byline was hit by Allen, who contained his run into the box, low past the goalkeeper from 10 yards. Another really good finish by the midfield player. And just before half-time, perhaps against the run of play, Stefan Omiongo crossed on the left, and Christian Deutsch, the informed striker, rose to head home from 8 yards into the top corner to give Hibbs an equaliser. Hibbs made a couple of early changes and debuts for Paul McGinn, one for David Gray and Greg Doherty for Joe Newell early in the second half. But with the first half being so good, a lull was maybe expected in the second. It took both teams a while to get going back into the stride. Hogan came close with a left foot shot just inches past with Gladke beating the other end of McPherson. The free kick was back hitting by Junior Marias and his Hibs defence watched the ball. It just drifted inches wide. After that, it was all Hibs. McNulty and Yakubiak came on for the debuts. Both defences holding firm. A couple of scrambles in either box. But Saints, towards the end, found themselves pushed back into their own penalty box with Hibs dominating. Paul McGinn could have marked his debut with a goal against his club he just left during the week. His header was pushed wide by Hlarty. Good save by the keeper. Sam Foley, the Saints skipper, was then shot with a headed pass back. Martin Boyle ran onto the ball. His turn and shot was just deflected inches wide with Hladke beaten. And then the closest to a goal came from Scott Allen with an in-swinging corner. It hit the crossbar and came out with Hladke scrambling. A point Easter Road, always welcome. Jim Goodwin will probably be thinking, what if? But the Saints fans to my right, they're cheering their team. They're very happy at the end with a point here at Easter Road. My super scored man, man in the match, young Saints centre midfield player Cameron McPherson, dominated that area of the game with his tackling and his range of passing. Full-time at Easter Road, Hibernian 2, St Mirren 2. And it's full-time at Ibrox between Rangers and Aberdeen. Here's Gordon and Alison. Full-time at Ibrox, Rangers nil, Aberdeen nil. Rangers drop points for the second time in a week. It was Aberdeen who had the best of the early chances. Sam Cosgrove six yards out and somehow missed Niall McGinn's ball. Lewis Ferguson's header was then tipped over the bar by Alan McGregor. Matty Kennedy's effort went inches over the bar. Sam Cosgrove then one-on-one -on -one with the Rangers keeper after a Nikola Katic blunder and gave it straight to Alan McGregor. The first Rangers chance was after the half-hour. Stephen Davis's shot from the edge of the box turned past by Joe Lewis. Scott Arfield's header was then a great save by Joe Lewis just before the break. Into the second half, Rangers had more of the early chances. Scott Arfield's effort was deflected wide. Alfredo Morelos was through six yards out, but Joe Lewis got a foot to it to save. Borna Barisic's curling effort was then punched clear by Joe Lewis before John Gallagher came on from Ab Aberdeen and had a couple of good chances, putting one just past the post, then Alan McGregor saving before the Rangers' defence cleared. And then Ash Taylor, a close-range header saved by Alan McGregor. So it's points dropped once again for Rangers, full-time Rangers nil, Aberdeen nil. Gordon Diel, both sides had chances, but they just couldn't take them. It was a very exciting 0-0, Alison, I've got to say. For Aberdeen, with 10 minutes to go, they'd set their stall out. I watched Eric McInnes in the touchline. He put on another centre-half, went to five at the back, and basically says to Rangers, you need to come and win the game. You need to break us down. Rangers couldn't manage that. They did have a lot of possession in the second half, Rangers, but they only had one real great chance for me, and that was Morelis. And I'm expecting them to put the ball in the back of net. Terrific save from Joe, Joe Lewis. For Rangers this afternoon, there's a lot of questions asked. I thought they, they didn't start the game well. It'll be interesting to hear the Rangers manager's comments on that. Uh, Aberdeen probably played as well as they've played in a long, long time at Ibrox. And very interesting, 
Rangers manager questioned the Rangers players' bottle. I hear supporters behind me, you know, saying that they don't have the bottle. That's really interesting from the fans' perspective. Uh, but I've got to say, all credit to Aberdeen. They came here, they came here with a game plan, they created chances, and uh, they've went away with a well deserved point. And I'm sure, I am positive, my good friend will be mentioned many times on the phone-in because, once again, he got booed off the park as referee Andrew Dallas. Yeah, the Rangers fans not happy with Andrew Dallas as Rangers drop points again. It did finish at Ibrox. Rangers nil, Aberdeen nil. And finally, but by no means least, because what a game we had in Perth. St Johnston and Hearts has finished. Dave Galloway. St Johnston 3, Hearts 3. The home side went ahead on 17 minutes and McCann's cross was met by May. And although the connection wasn't perfect, he finished low into the corner to the keeper's right. Nine minutes later, the sides were level. Sibic's cross stabbed in by Boyce. Hearts took the lead in 31 minutes. Souter uh, lobbed the ball into the goalmouth and Naismith nodded in from very close range. Seven minutes after the restart, it was 2-2. May cut the ball back to McCann and his drive from the edge of the box went through Pereira and into the net. Kane pounced on a defensive mix-up but his effort crept just wide. Ralston met O'Halloran's ball to fire off the woodwork and the Saints finally made it 3-2 on 62 minutes. A penalty was awarded for Halkett's challenge on care and May's spot kick sent Pereira the wrong way McCann should have made it 4-2 but hit over from a few yards out after Pereira parried Kane's shot straight to him, Hearts tried hard to hit back Avi's effort was blocked uh, by uh, Clark Saint striker May then hit a volley from must have been about 45 yards out and Pereira had to look really lively to save it but then a final twist of drama in the 91st minute Claire had an absolute scream from the edge of the D to equalise for the Jam Tarts. What a second half it's ended. St Johnson 3, Hearts 3 and my Clyde 1 super scoreboard man of the match. It has to be Stevie May. He scored two and set another one up. What an afternoon it has been and now it's over to you. Your chance to have your say on all of the day's big talking points. I don't think there will be any doubts about where we will start. Rangers dropping points again, drawing 0-0 at home to Aberdeen this less than a week uh, after losing at Tynecastle. It really might have a huge impact on the title race. So Rangers fans, what did you make of it today? 01419511025. Where did it go wrong? Where does this leave you in your title hunt? Elsewhere, goals galore. St Johnston and Hearts sharing six. Hibs and St Mirren sharing four. Motherwell third place but losing at Livingston. One of the informed teams in the league. So much to get through. But we need you to help us 01419511025 The open line is next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Compensation you deserve When there's been foul play Talk to Thompson's.com Full-time scores in the Scottish Premiership Hibs 2, St Mirren 2, Kilmarnock 3 Ross County 1, Livingston 1, Motherwell 0 Rangers 0, Aberdeen 0 And St Johnston 3 Hearts 3 in the Championship, Dundee United 0, Arbroath 1, Inverness 1, Alloa 1, Morton 1, Dundee 1 and Queen of the South 2, Dunfermline 3 in League 1, Airdrie 0, Wraith Rovers 1, East 5, 4, Dumbarton 2, 4 for 2, Clyde 1, Montrose 4, Peterhead 3 and Stranraer 1, Falkirk 1 in League 2, Albion Rovers 2, Cove Rangers 2, Annan 0, Stenhouse Muir 3, Brecon 1, Elgin 2, Edinburgh City 0, Stirling Albion 1 and Queen's Park 1, 
Cowdenbeath nil In the English Premier League It finished Leicester 2 Chelsea 2 Bournemouth 2 Aston Villa 1 Crystal Palace nil. Sheffield United 1 Liverpool 4 Southampton nil. Newcastle nil. Norwich nil. Watford 2 Everton 3 And West Ham 3 Brighton 3 What do you make of those results today? The open line is here The floor is yours It's your chance to have your say 0141 951 1025 it is an astonishing turn of events at Ibrox. I'm tempted to say that Rangers should forget about going away in a winter break from now on. They came back, struggled against Ra. Stephen Gerrard said he was bored watching them. They struggled against St Mirren, but got there with a Germaine Defoe goal. Now there is no Defoe for weeks because of injury. They struggled big time against Hearts and were called bottlers by their manager as they lost I'll be very interested to hear what Stephen Gerrard has to say about this latest poor result That was Hugh Keevans Craig Beattie and Alex Ray are also with him in the studio and Gordon Diel is the eyewitness at Ibrooks. John is in Cambus Lang but I, yeah John I think was first through John were you at the game today what did you make of it? Yeah absolutely so it was diabolical uh, I've got two lashes maybe uh, and the money you're paying for this, uh, come on, you're at Ibrooks. You should be biting the flair with folk like this. So, like, teams like this, I should say. But I swear to God, I didn't see any huff and puff. See what I've seen as panic buys. That's what I've seen. And yet, none of them were concerned. Where did it go wrong? Game. Where did it go wrong today on the field, John? What in, what in particular annoyed you? Wrong, I would absolutely say, but absolutely lacking, and a flair player in the midfield. And whether the boy Hadji does it for us, I don't know. I've not seen much of him, so I can't judge. But uh, it's, 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 see when it comes to finances, blah de blah. Hold on a minute, I'm. I think well, we've just uh, lost John uh, in Canvas Lang, but the obviously the frustration, the frustration is coming was through there. loud and clear. I'm not sure about panic buys. I mean, I think if you buy Ryan Kent for £7 million, people don't panic themselves into spending £7 million. Uh, but for some reason, they have replicated what happened a year ago when they went the winter break, came back, everyone knows, they then went to Kilmarnock at Rugby Park and lost. Uh, and since coming back from Dubai this time, uh, they have caused Stephen Gerrard to almost run out of words to describe the negativity of their performances. So, for some reason, they've gone away after a good win against Celtic, uh, what should have been a really encouraging win over Celtic, and they've come back and they've fallen away. Gordon, I don't think you can blame this on Yanis Hadji. He, he's just arrived, but... John felt there was a, a lack of creativity in Rangers midfield. Is that something you witnessed, or were there other bigger reasons for for the failure to win today? I, I think there's not a sharpness, Gordon. I watched Rangers before the winter break, and they looked really sharp all over the pitch. Today, especially first 30 minutes, I thought Aberdeen deserved to be in front. I thought they created the better chances. Um, but there's just something lacking. In the middle of the park, you look at Davis, he had a shot from 25 yards. Uh, Kamara gets subbed. He's went back a mile for me. There's something, you know, he's, he's not getting involved in the game. Aribo was poor today. You've got a £7 million player there that you're hoping can turn a game. There was times when I thought Kent wasn't even on the pitch. 
Um, so there's there's something seriously missing just now. Um, it's been well documented since they come back. Um, the games that they've had, they've not been at their sharpest. But I've, I've got to say, once again, we talk about Rangers all the time and when it's Celtic. All credit to Derek McInnes and Aberdeen. They, they came here with a game plan. They created probably as many chances as they've ever created here. And how Cosgrove hasn't scored is beyond me. Even in the second half. Uh, and with all the play that Rangers had in the second half, they'd better uh, possession because Aberdeen looked at the clock and thought, you know, a point here's a good, good result, especially after the criticism we've come in from. And they, they set their stall out. And only it was Morelis, and I really expected Morelis to burst the back in it. But all credit to Aberdeen, they got the point, and Rangers have a lot of work to, be, uh, to do. Alex, what's your reaction to that result? Yeah, listen, I think everybody connected to uh, Rangers will be thinking, where is it all going wrong? You know, I think they've taken four points out of a possible nine uh, since they came back for the winter break. Uh, uh, there'll be comparisons from last year when they lost to Kamarnock, but on the back of the Kamarnock loss last year, they only won three league games in the bounce here. So there's a slight difference from last year. There's actually more points behind now so, so this the, year. So this winter break hangover is actually worse, is what you're saying? If you're looking at purely from a points perspective, and uh, be, I think that'll be the biggest frustration. I think when you listen to Gordon, he's clearly at the game now. Uh, he's, he's writing what he says leading up to the Old Firm game in uh, the 29th. Rangers were very sharp. They looked as if they were very much on the front foot. They looked to be huffing and puffing at the moment, Gordon. And uh, I think everyone connected to Rangers now because what is that? Four points now that uh, you know the level with Celtic in games, uh, and it's four points. So you know, I don't think anyone connected with the Rangers would have expected to be a four-point gap after the first couple of games because you're obviously looking at a couple of home games as well here. Uh, Hearts were stone bottom in the league when they won as well. So there's a lot of work to be done with Rangers because if this continues in the next couple of weeks It'll be big question marks going forward Craig is that what will frustrate Stephen Gerrard more than anything Because fans and understandably so You're looking for that one reason where you can say Well we got the team selection wrong Or tactically we're not doing this But what overall if you look at those four games The one constant across them has just been That Rangers don't quite look at it And, and as a manager that must be the thing that That makes you tear your hair out Yeah I, I agree with that <clears throat> You can and you know, when you're at clubs like Rangers and Celtic, you can get away with poor performances, provided that you're nicking three points. Now, they did do that against St Mirren. They've done that in the Cup against Trent Ra. So you get away with that. But there was some warning signs there that they weren't performing particularly well in the last two games. You know, the level of performance has actually been found out and, and you're only picking up one point today out of the, you know, potentially the mm. last four. So, listen, it's really frustrating. But just looking again through the team today, um, you know, Polster's in there, he's not been playing a lot. Tavernier who's who's obviously a big miss but you know that's generally that's the bulk of the players that have put Rangers in the position that they were in going into the break Scott is a Rangers fan in Govan he was at the game today Scott how would you sum it up how would you sum up how you're feeling uh, I'm gutted to be truthful um, hello panel hello. hi Scott um, <laughs> I just think Rangers were up against 12 men today I think Dallas had a shocker a real shocker. Um, what? What in particular? What in particular, Scott? Was it any individual mistakes, or was it generally a, a collective thing? Well, generally, it felt as if um, Aberdeen came here the day to bully Rangers off the ball in any way, shape, or form, just to bully them off the ball, frustrate them. Obviously, that's their game plan. Fair play to them. If that's what they want to come to another uh, another stadium and play, but. 
they got a lot of a lot of um, calls for Dallas, so they did. And when it came to Rangers getting some, and I know you are sitting there saying, "Aye, that's what Rangers fans are going to say." But if you watched the whole of the stadium, you can see everybody was frustrated. Dallas get booed after park at half time and at full time. Uh, Gordon, let me put let me put uh, that to Gordon Dale. He was there, Scott. Do you agree with Scott's assessment? No, I don't. Do me a favour. It's the same cry wolf all the time. The minute someone drops points, it's a point to the referee and playing against 12 men. Really? Seriously? Well, did he have a good game? Did he make mistakes? No, he didn't. Yeah, he made mistakes uh, for both teams, I've got to say. Now, you know that I always kid on about referees and I stick up for them or whatever. Did he have his best game today? No, he didn't. He really didn't. But was he the difference between Rangers beating Aberdeen uh, this afternoon at Ibrox. No, he wasn't. So, see this nonsense about playing against 12 men. Have a look at your own team. Have a look at the was. performance. Yes, you did. You see they were playing against 12 men. Have a look at the, your own team. Have a look at the performance of your players. Have a look at the midfield. Even Morelis today. You know, it's, uh, he didn't miss... A, Andrew Dallas didn't miss a clear-cut chance. Morelis missed. So, to come out with a statement about 12 players... The minute you drop points, we hear the same nonsense every single time and there's one person to blame as a referee. Well, I'm sorry. Yes, the referee didn't have a good game, but have a look at your own team first before you go Gordon, and have a go at a referee. Gordon, you said at half-time that you'd hear Rangers fans behind you questioning the bottle of the Rangers players. For me, that's what this is about. This is the, the most tense league title race of all time. And you mentioned players like Aribo, Ojo, Kent. They give the impression that they are not handling the pressure of it all. And you know that Scott Brown can, and James Forrest can, and Callum McGregor can. They've been over the course before, and that appears to be the difference at the moment. What part of that do you disagree with, Scott? Because... Celtic have been winning for the last eight years that they can carry on just because they're winners. Is that what you're saying? And so obviously Rangers are bottlers and Celtic are winners. No, it was the manager. It was was your manager, Stephen Gerrard, who accused them of lacking bottle when they played Hearts last weekend. And Gordon DL, who's at Ibrox, was telling us at halftime about Rangers supporters directly behind him Questioning Rangers bottle There are loads of things You can argue with Hugh about Scott Believe me uh, I've been there before But I, I'm a bit confused What what bit do you, What bit is it that upsets you That he's just saying Scott Brown's been there And done it James Forrest's been there And done it Callum McGregor What what bit are you not agreeing with? No, no I'm not I'm not going to disagree I'm not going to agree with him But I am got to maintain No winning today um, The way I've seen it In the last two years Rangers is a fortress again And yet Aberdeen Again have came to this current and they've took away a point or two. So, no, I'm got it for my team. Um, do I think we're going to get winning the league this year? No, I don't. Um, I don't see any way back for that. Do you see that as in as a result of today, Scott? Is that the result that's killed it as far as you're concerned? No, I think the result against Hearts killed it for me. Like, yeah. um, we, we shouldn't be going and losing to Hearts. And then, obviously, what was the score with Hearts today? Three each or something? With some Johnson? Yeah, three each at St yeah. Johnson, yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing Scott You know You look at um, uh, All the teams Raise their game Against Rangers and Celtic That That's just a norm You know You, you look at the 
energy levels that Hearts put in last week Aberdeen We watched the game Hugh and I were talking about it uh, Before the show last week Against St Mirren Very kind of Flat Oh. They raised their game against the old firm. The idea of all this is that you have to overcome mm. all that. Whether they're kicking you, whether they've been in your face, you still have to get the result required. It doesn't matter if you play well. I mean, Rangers beat Aberdeen 5 0 at Ibrox earlier this season. Absolutely, Gordon. And this is my point. It doesn't matter whether it's. And Beats made a good point that it was actually a weakened Aberdeen team. They had a lot of younger boys out that day. However, you've still got to go and beat them. Whether they've got a strong team in which they had today, some of the mm. new recruitments as well. You have to overcome it Scott thinks the league was already gone As a result of the the, the Hearts outcome w- w- What are your own thoughts on it Alex After today? Four points? No listen I don't think by any stretch of imagination We, we often said in the last couple of weeks uh, Who's uh, the advantage with Very much was Celtic at the moment uh, But the one th- the concerning thing For everyone re- related to Rangers Is that the form that are currently shown At the moment Doesn't look and again, without getting too excited, it's only been a couple of games, but they actually have to get back to the place where they were prior to the winter break, and they have to show some spark going forward, because if they lose uh, any more points in the coming weeks, then effectively it'll be mm. too much. Stephen Gerrard said last week, we've blinked big time, they've blinked again today, they can't afford to do it anymore. A chance, Gordon DL, for Celtic to make it seven points tomorrow, but Rangers would then have their, their game in hand again what are your thoughts on the overall the potential destination of this title? Yeah, I, 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 if I wasn't, if I was a Rangers fan, I wouldn't be giving up on the title just now. Yeah, as a four-point gap, as Alex says, I, I, I thoroughly expect uh, Celtic to go to Hamilton. No disrespect, and win that game. The difference I've been watching the two teams this first time I've seen Rangers in a, in a few weeks, especially at Ibrox. They're lacking that sharpness. They're missing something. Can they get that back? They'll need to get it back if they're going to keep challenging Celtic. Where, on the other hand, Celtic have found a formula now with Griffiths coming back and Edward up front that looks very dangerous. You know, the system that I think suits them, they can change it about a little bit. Rangers are a one-trick pony just now. And on the on the thing about young Hadji, I watched him coming on. Yeah, it was 15 minutes or whatever. I tell you what, he looks a real good player, Gordon. Looks a natural football and a player, and I think he will add something to our Rangers squad. Camberry come on, he was trying to get in behind, trying to make those angled runs, get caught offside a couple of times, just very eager to impress. But Rangers need to get back, as Alec said, rightly so, they need to get back to doing what they were doing before the winter break, because I don't know what they've been doing in Dubai. But it's not worked so far Yeah a lot of disappointment on Twitter as well William Smith says This team don't have it in them to win the title A bunch of bottlers who crack under the pressure of going for a trophy It happened last season And it's happening again Says William a Rangers fan on Twitter Nicola is also a Rangers fan from West Lothian Where did it go wrong for you today Nicola? I don't know There was a lot of disappointment today um, I just feel like I don't know what he sees in Glen Kamara now Like made a mistake at heart Enough, you play on midweek, but yet again, he has a howler. Gerard just can't see early enough in the game, just no changing it up fast enough. Like, I just feel like what is he seeing in the team we've got now? There's very, there's people who are just, just no good enough for the shot now. I just don't know where the team's gone. Before Go the break, we were brilliant and now we're unrecognisable and basically just giving Celtic the lead. Gordon, what about Glenn Kamara? He, I've noticed him come in for a fair bit of criticism over the last few games. Is it justified or is it harsh? Uh, justified um, passenger today Gordon I've got to say but he's not the only one 
he's not the only one. You know, I'm looking for Davis, for instance, to go and dictate this game in the middle of the park. He had one shot for 25 yards. After that, he didn't really notice him. Kamara, a rebo in and out the game. The big disappointment for me, and I think for a lot of Rangers supporters, is, yes, OK, the price tag, you only can come for what somebody's prepared to pay for you. They went out and shoved the boat out for £7 million for Kent. He's produced absolutely nothing. Even today, you're thinking, right, come on, show us what you're all about. You're a big game player supposed to be. Rangers aren't playing particularly well. They're not opening Aberdeen up. He's the guy you're looking to. He scored a good goal at Tynecastle last week. Come on, show us something at home. But he just, it was like he, he wasn't on the pitch. They were non-existent. I just think that Rangers are lacking something big just now. It is early. We're only in the beginning of February. But they can't keep going, let us go on, because if they keep this performance in this forum, then I am telling you now, they have absolutely no chance of challenging Celtic. Nicola, is there any way back in the league race? I don't, I don't know. I, I, I agree with all the points that were just kind of saved there. Really. Like there's many people that have been reported missing. But yeah, again, you've got to blame Lish. I don't, I don't even know if there's a blame. You just, I just don't know where the team's going to go for here. Hibs midweek, they're going to come put up the defence put up the defence do you know what I mean so how are we going to break it down we're relying on our key players as you just said Davis Kent even Morelos but these people just I just don't know where the team is now well, and so yeah again we've got, we've got European game coming up soon as well I know that's no the main priority this season obviously the league hasn't gone for the Scottish Cup but like we need to get the points on the board now it's alright saying yeah we're kind of coming back to the winter break but I see I think getting three points every week and we're know then that's where we start falling behind the same as what happened last season. We went to the winter breaks really strong, looking good. You're thinking, right, we're on a high now. Go to the second half of the season, kick on, and yet again we fall at the first hurdle, really. Yep, some good points well made by Nicola in West Lothian. Thank you very much, Nicola, for your call. This is a good chance to get your calls in because we are going to take a quick break and then we're going to hear from today's managers as well. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Road Accident Solicitors. The compensation you deserve when you've been sidelined. Talk to Thompson's.com. Hugh Evans, Craig Beatty, and Alex Ray in the studio. Gordon DL still at Ibrooks as well. Looking back on, I was going to say an eventful day at Ibrooks. It was. We didn't get any goals, but that in itself um, brings great drama, Hugh, because mm. it means that Rangers' title chances have been dented again, just six days on from. An even more severe dent at Tynecastle And you can sense already The phones, Twitter Everyone with a Rangers um, connection Is frustrated to say the least I think And I, I genuinely believe That we're moved into that territory now Where it's psychological warfare If Celtic aren't boosted By that result at Ibrox today Then I don't know what it'll take to boost them If they don't beat Hamilton Ackies tomorrow Then I would be astounded And then Celtic have to go to Motherwell midweek Which will be an altogether more difficult proposition And Rangers are at home to Hibs There is absolutely no margin for error where Rangers are concerned And it's now psychological warfare You have to show that you have Use any term you like The bottle, the nerve, the temperament, the character You, whether you're Celtic or Rangers have to come through in a big way where temperament is concerned now. Okay, let's get the take of Robert in East Kilbride. What did you make of it, Robert? Hi, hello, good evening, panel. Hi, Robert. 
Um, you know, guys, there's no doubt about it. I, I have empathy with the, the fellow Rangers fans, but it's disappointing that it is at the end in the, the title challenge. But at the same time, I think we've got to try and be optimistic because, as you were saying, psychologically, we've got to try and find what's positive. And I think if we consider the fact in the last four matches we've conceded in one of them, arguably against Hearts, Big Goldson doesn't slip, Wee Smith doesn't score, the second goal was a deflection. McGregor made two great saves today. Um, you know, we're, we're keeping clean sheets. We've got some parts of our game right. Unfortunately, a number of key players, middle of the park, forward, have kind of lost form at the one time. But, you know, in the very short coming weeks, we're going to have Tav back. We're going to have Jack back. Um, I agreed as well with Gordon's comment about Wee Hadji. He looked very good when he came on. And I think that will give us a wee bit more creativity as well and a bit more competition, maybe making other players raise their standards. So... From my point of view, if we can take advantage of the game in hand, four points behind a Celtic team, the way they're playing just now, is not a disaster. And I think we just need to try and keep the head, keep behind Stephen Gerrard, keep behind the team, because I think we're still in a good enough position and I think it will look different come the end of February, to be honest. You know? Is the concern, Robert, not just the the speed in which Rangers' advantage has turned into a big Celtic advantage? Because you're right, I think most people... In the cold light of day When things calm down Would accept that Four points If it gets to four points With two head-to-head Still to come Is not a huge gap But it was only A week ago That, that Rangers had the advantage is, is that not where The concern's coming from? Yeah I mean look There's no question That's a big concern But at the same time and I think I heard Neil Lennon Talking about it The other night In the radio as well You know the clubs Are playing Saturday Wednesday Saturday Wednesday You know And I think You, you, you have to accept that you know, it could easily have been over a period of a month that that occurred, and it would be a slightly yeah, different reflection. But look, there's no question. You know, it's as I said at the start, it's difficult, it's disappointing. But at the same time, you know, if we're sitting seven points behind without a game in hand, and we're conceding every game, let's not forget. You know, Celtic prior to the Old Firm game um, were conceding at home to, to bottom half sides. So you know, defensively they're still vulnerable, and I still think that. It's the old cliche, there'll be more twists and turns But I genuinely think They'll have their moment where they've got three or four sticky games And as long as we can stay close And as I said, as long as we can keep it tight to the back Not concede There's a lot more to look forward to than there is to be disappointed about um, I don't think we'd have lost if Jack hadn't got injured against Hearts um, And I do think Alfredo Morelos' suspension um, Has hurt his fitness and took a wee bit of an edge off our attack you know, another couple of games, he'll be back again looking sharper. So, uh, for me tonight, disappointing. I get it, I agree with them all, but, mm. you know, we're still in this. We're Steve, still in this. Yeah, Stephen Gerrard's in at the moment. We're going to get his thoughts very soon. Mm. The gist of it so far, he says we need to find our spark very quickly. Before anyone jumps in on this, Gordon, I'm not for a second making excuses. I'm wondering if a team's ever missed a right back as much as Rangers missed James Tavernier. Yeah, uh, I I do agree with that. He's out doing a a bit of training just now, so I think hopefully for the Rangers fans and for the Rangers manager, he'll be back uh, playing in his right back position. No disrespect to Bolster, he brings so much to the team. You know, going forward, his link up play, free kicks, balls into the box for Morelos. But I heard the caller there about talking about clean sheets, and it is great to get clean sheets. But today, and when have you heard this? It's been a long time especially against Aberdeen uh, at Ibrox. The Rangers uh, supporters gave money match to the Rangers goalkeeper, Alan McGregor. Um, he had a terrific few saves. And to be f- 
to be fair, Aberdeen should have scored. Cosgrove, if you watch the first chance, how he's missed it, all he has to do is connect with it. And I don't think even with the quality McGregor's got, he's saving it. But, um, no, I think Tavernier has been a massive miss. And it's it's quite um, strange that we've had a lot of calls throughout the season saying that Tavernier's a weak link and he can't defend. We know his defending's not the greatest. We, we totally understand that. But I think because of the captain, uh, he brings so much to the team. And getting up and down this right-hand side, I think he has been sorely missed. Uh, but I don't think if Tavernier was playing today, Gordon, that all of a sudden you would go, well, Rangers would win. Same way with Jack. Mm. There's something missing in the team just now. And it's not indiv- it's a team. They're not playing with that, you know, the spark that they had that maybe the Rangers manager's got to come out and say in his presser. There's a spark missing here. And he has to find the solution to get that back. And he's got to do it very quickly. Four points isn't a panic button just now. But if you look across the city and you see the way Celtic are going about their business with these two guys up front that can score goals for fun, then they've got to react very quickly. Is that the bit that will hurt, I was going to say Stephen Gerrard, but probably everyone, Alex, you were talking about lacking a spark. Yeah. At home to Aberdeen, when you're in the midst of a title race, there's no, there's no excuse for not having the spark. You know, yeah, Stranraer comes along and you go, right, well, first game back, you know, we sort of... At least you got the win It wasn't a classic Same same with St Mirren You've got the win But it's just one of these Hyped up fixtures It would have been a full Ibrox It would have been a raucous atmosphere The disappointment last week So you've got that added incentive Of having to bounce back And yet still spark still Is the word done. that we're hearing Yeah absolutely And I think uh, Going back to the Tavernier point Gordon uh, For me he is crucial To the way they played I said directly after The Stranraer game the importance of the fullbacks because what it does is it allows them to get up the pitch, it gets the opposition stretched, and it allows more freedom of space and it gets the opposition moved about a little bit more. And plus, he has that delivery. I agree with Gordon Dale, but I think the big concern for uh, Stephen uh, Gerrard will be the middle to front. They're not with that same fluency. The goals that they were scoring prior to that winter break doesn't seem to be there at the moment. And unfortunately, Alfredo Morelos hasn't kicked the ball. Since that that game, a competitive ball since the 29th, uh, and unfortunately, it's shown today. But it's okay saying the guys coming on and Robert there saying, Aye, we have to get these guys back up to speed, we need to get Tavernier up to speed because they need the points now. Mm. It's here, mm. they need the points at the moment. Robert's not panicking, he's still seeing signs for optimism, positives to take. What about David and Paisley, though, David? How are you feeling? Absolutely disgusted. Good evening, guys. Yeah, um, I listened to Gordon as I was driving home. And he had a, a wee pop at Ryan Kent and saying he's no doing this and he's no doing that. I've got to take you up on that, Gordon, and say, yeah, the way the team's playing at the moment, you can actually see that. But correct me if I'm wrong here. We paid £7 million for a guy who was outstanding on the wing last season. And from the 29th of December, yes, we played a system that played Celtic off the park. But once again, after the winter break, our manager has changed our tactics and our game plan. And that £7 million man is no longer playing as a winger and he's getting stifled because he's playing inside all the time. Um, so, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, nobody's going to hit the panic button. And let me make it abundantly clear. I've been on several times, guys, you know. I don't like Steven Gerrard. I'll make that abundantly clear. I've never liked Steven Gerrard and I never will. But 100 million percent one of my succeeded Rangers manager. But the guy is not above criticism. And today, last week against Rose County, 
the game against Murren, I sort of brushed it, the game away against Stranraer and the game against Hearts. Steven Gerrard has got to start now being questioned on his tactics and his substitutions. And if I could come back in when the sure. guys get hugged us, hang on. Uh, Gordon, David makes his point very passionately, but... I'd- has Rangers, Rangers haven't changed their system have they They've been playing that way all season Michael Beale even took to Twitter Which you don't see very often Michael Beale uh, got involved with a discussion with some fans And tweeted saying we've played with two number 10s Every single game this season So have they really changed anything? No, they play with the same formation You know the way Rangers are going to play There are two guys up front in the wide areas Come in and play inside the park and hopefully allows their fullbacks like Barisic or if it's Tavernier or Repulsa to get forward in the flanks. Um, I do agree that you know Rangers signed Kent on the back of his fo- uh, his form when he came to Rangers at first. He was absolutely terrific. He was a game changer for me. But I'm going on this afternoon here. You're playing Aberdeen. You know what they're going to do, especially with 20, 25 minutes to go. Set their stall out. Get everybody behind. Think, well, we'll take a draw if we can get something on the break. Brilliant, but a point for us here, Ibrox is a good uh, point. So you've got to look at your big game players. And Davis talking about Ken, how good he was. Now you've got to look at that, especially at home, to open up that defence or do something that just that separates you from being an ordinary player to a seven million pound player. And it's it's a it's a very large gap. And just now, and I'm not just saying about Ken. I'm talking about the full team really. The midfield as well. Yep. Even Morelos today, I thought, you know, there's an excuse he's not had a lot of game time. But when you see his chance, Gordon, if you look at that chance, you're thinking, only one place, this ball's gone, it's going in the back of the net. And he's, he, he, the goalkeeper makes a good save, but Morelos has made it easy for him. I just think the full team, I don't know if it's formation, he needs to change the formation or whatever it may be, or he just has to work in a couple of things, tweak a couple of things, and hopefully it'll kick back in for him. I don't know, I've not got the answers. The only person who's got the answers is the Rangers manager. Yeah, I, th- I totally agree. I think, listen, I think the fact that he's, he hasn't played for a month, Morelos, would suggest that he's not up to speed. What about, um, what about David's point? I'm just quite keen to get that answered specifically terms, about the David feels like Stephen Gerrard changed something. No, and... I, not at all. Listen, I've watched Stephen, Stephen Gerrard since he came. I've often said to you in this show, they play the two wide men of the front three, narrow in, which allows Barisic and uh, Tavernier when he's fit to bomb forward. That's the reason why I'm saying no matter who you put a right back other than Tavernier, Tavernier brings another dimension He gets team stretch You can go from side to side And it allows you to probe more And allow you to get overloads with Kent And Arebo Because they're narrow It's worked very successfully Up until uh, the 29th of December And unfortunately they've not got that at the moment Because what's happening is Teams are narrowing in They don't have the natural width Particularly in the right hand side Whereas uh, Barisic gives you it in the left hand mm. side So there's a wee bit of a discrepancy in the in the personnel at the moment, but the actual shape has not changed. David, on you go. Right, okay. I take on board. I hear I hear both Alec and Gordon, and I take on board. I slightly disagree with some things, but here's here's my thing. Alec says we don't have a, the width. Alec, we've got four wingers on the books. That's not. Right? The, but that's not the way they play. No, the, but, the, but listen, to, listen to me a wee minute, Alec. Right. There you go. The last two Rangers managers to Stephen Gerrard, Pedro Cusinha. Forget Graham Murray, Pedro Cusinha and Mark Warburton. They played a system and stuck to that system. And it was always a standing joke, especially with Warburton, that one substitute on for one substitute off. No change of tactics whatsoever. Stephen Gerrard is exactly the same. He never changes his tactics. 
And it's absolutely ridiculous. Now, I look at Rangers, and listen, I'm not going to give up, give up the goals. There's still a lot of games to be played. But what worries me, what worries me is I look at Steven Gerrard on the touchline and I see no passion from him in leadership. He stands with his hands in his pockets. He doesn't question any referee's decision. Quite frankly, that referee's performance today was abysmal. David. And, David, and he just stands there. David, did you see uh, Steven Gerrard at the end of the Celtic game? Aye, but that's after the game, Hugh. I'm talking about during the game when things aren't going well. I'm pretty sure I've seen him debate refereeing decisions, David. No, but listen, what I'm, I want my Rangers manager to be passionate. I want my ma- Rangers manager to be a great and say such and such. I'll not use the word. That's what I want my manager to be on that touchline. But, but forgive me, David, but it sounds almost personal with you. You know, you said you don't like Steven Gerrard. And no, you, it's I, not you. It's not, sorry, it's you. Honestly, you're, you're backing up the wrong tree. It's not you. David, you did say you, you never will like him as if, as if this is preempted. So, well, so if he goes on to win the league this year, you're not going to like Steven Gerrard? No, I don't like the guy as a person, but I won million, trillion, billion percent on Steven Gerrard to be successful as a Rangers manager. Well, I have to say, but, he comes across as the most decent of men. I don't, I don't know what you dislike about him as a person. I've got, I've got my reasons for that, and I'm not say that on air. But what I'm saying to you is, what I'm saying to you is, I don't think Stephen Gerrard is above criticism. Now, Stephen Gerrard, for me, was very cute last week what he done at Tynecastle. He criticised the players and then wiped it away by turning and saying, I have to take responsibility for it. Why not just do your interview, say it's not good enough, end the story and do the talking and the dressing room? Well, I'll tell you what, David, we'll leave it there because we are going to bring you the thoughts of Stephen Gerrard and you can hear them next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors The league leader for compensation Talk to Thompson's.com Hugh Keevans, Craig BT, Alex Ray and Gordon DL here Still waiting to take your calls So much reaction Coming in to today's draw between Rangers and Aberdeen Stuart Monaghan feels like there was a lack of creativity But I also feel the referee let Aberdeen off very lightly Maybe if he'd given a few deserved yellows to the Aberdeen players when he should have It may have ended up a different game Says Stuart on Twitter At Clyde SSBE Still not buying that Gordon I've seen a lot of Rangers fans making similar complaints Yeah it's all Rangers fans Surprise surprise um, No I didn't uh, I, I said I didn't think that Andrew Dallas had his, his best game But I think he booked about Four or five Aberdeen players as well Yeah but he booked, um, he booked four Gordon and Joe Lewis four, was one I'm assuming four, for time wasting Yeah time game, wasting Game management yeah. sorry Yeah <laughs> uh, game management as they say But um, They also no, booked I, I, players I, as well I think I think that, that we get caught up in this all the time. Rangers are the Rangers fans are so frustrated. Even behind me, uh, you know, they were shouting and screaming, and every every decision, every tackle, they're so desperate. And obviously, they were anxious today because it just wasn't happening for Rangers. But you can't keep making excuses and looking at the referee all the time. Somewhere along the line, you've got to look in the mirror yourself and say, right, did I do as a Rangers player this afternoon? Did I do enough? Did I do enough to deserve to go and win this game and get three points? Well, the answer to that is no, they didn't. Well, let's hear from Billy and Carlton and see what he made of it. Hi, Billy. Evening, Barrow. Hello. Hi, Billy. Billy. Uh, for one, the last uh, caller was on the squad. His name is, he was talking about the referee divisions. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't just blame the referee for that. The, the referee was, was watching both teams today, uh, but not why the Rangers players deserve to earn their custody. Not why them. I don't even know where to start. It's, this would be the same last season as well. They were away, 
had the break, came back, and then just fell away. I don't know which, which I don't know if something happened inside or if there something happened in the dressing room that we don't know about, or just because it just was the same team that appeared back after the break. Well, that's a, it's a fair point, Billy, because lots of people are making it, and Paul's on Twitter. He says that team should have been at Leaving Beach and not Dubai. On the winter break He says Gordon Dale Spot on about Kent To me the league is over This idea that It's because of Dubai Or it's because of the winter break It seems to me Alex That that's Yeah I, I don't know how you go about proving that Because at this At this stage It could just be a coincidence Where we won't argue at all As Rangers were off it After yeah. the winter break last season And they're off it now Whether it's because of the winter break Or because they went to Dubai I'm not really sure how anyone's ever going to Prove that Is it just a coincidence Well I, th- I said to the guys During the break I don't quite buy this Dubai thing Though obviously people Look into it And say they come back uh, And they were Kind of flat footed They lost to Kamarnock Last year They've obviously dropped Some points of late So that would suggest But uh, for me I'm not sure Whether it's a, a mentality thing Due to the fact They're coming back They were doing Ever so well Prior to the winter break And they feel as if They come back And they just got to show up And forgot about the things That have actually got them Into that place Where they were on the front foot Full of energy But they don't seem Mm. to have that But if you're telling me Six days is the the upshot To all this Because You've still got another Two or three weeks Beyond that That you could actually Hit some sort of form But they've not actually Done that So just to just to dispel the Dubai myth Right Celtic were in Dubai as well So they've come back They beat Partick Thistle Kilmarnock Ross County and St Johnson with a fair amount of ease. So if there's a curse of Dubai, then no, I don't think there's anything against the country. I think it's no. the way the way that Rangers fans are maybe saying, you know, what is it we're doing on these winter breaks? Or I think it's more along that rather than there's so something. That, I don't think people are suggesting there's something in the water. Yeah, I don't you... understand that, and I think the point that we're trying to make here is that, so it must be a, a, it's a not mental. The, it, it's not a, the travelling. It's not being in a different country. You know, so the approach. Both, you'll probably find they'll both of it. Yeah, Billy, I'll tell you what, you hang on the line because here's Stephen Gerrard's thoughts so you can be the first one to react and, and tell us if you agree with his assessment. I think as a whole there wasn't too much wrong with it. Through everything we, we had at it, I think we're missing a spark in, in, in the final third. And not just today, I think over the four games since we've come back, there seems to be a bit of a spark missing in our final third play. Having said that, we, we still had some big moments in the game. I remember one first half when we are in down the right, 2v1, Alfredo's got a fine Ryan Kent. You could have a free shot at goal. That was a big moment in the first half that we should have scored from. And then obviously Alfredo's chance, 99 times out of 100, he normally he normally wins us the game in that situation. So, But I do feel like there's a spark missing in, in, in the final third. You know, As it stands right now, we're, we're four points off the top, two draws. But that's not important unless we find uh, our spark in the final third. Aberdeen had a couple of big moments as well. Um, but I think that more came from us. Individual errors that have gifted them their opportunity. But I think... In terms of how we played, I think we threw everything at it. We tried to throw more at it from the side, and there's more than enough talent in them 14 players to create more in the final third, so we need to try and find our spark very quickly. Listen, these fans have, have, have been through a lot, and they're desperate for it. I, I understand that. Um, does it help if there's moans and groans? Of course it doesn't, but we have to we have to accept that and get on with that. What do you think, Billy? Tell us something, I don't know. Honestly, there's just there's not one word that's coming out, man. We've heard about that neither just fan can see through their eyes. Honestly, it's, it's all the same thing. There's not there's no excuses for the day. There's no excuses at all. Or like this and that, and could I should have with her? It's not going to win the league. You know, but we're bang average today. It's, it's disgraceful. Honestly, it breaks my heart to see it. But honestly, it's it's, it's no it's not done and dusted. By far, it's not done and dusted. The Alaska Kid boys done it mathematically. 
possible, but it's just it's not going to take it. What, what do you make of the approach there from Stephen Gerrard Hugh? Because he was very harsh last week, yeah. and I just a personal thing. I don't always, ex- I never really expect managers to do that twice in a row. No, I, I wonder if he feels that he's possibly gone as far as he should for the moment. Uh, if something happens further down the line, he, he might come out with all guns blazing. But he's already said after Sunra that the team bored them. Uh, after Tynecastle, he talked about passengers. He talked about bottle. Uh, I wonder if he feels he's exhausted uh, all of the complaints for the moment, and better to try and keep it on an even keel. Because how long can you go on calling people bottlers and passengers? It's time to start winning matches. Bill, now. Bill, Billy, we obviously weren't at the game today. Were you at the game? Yes, I was. Uh, the reason why I'm saying that is what part? What of this? Uh, assessment for Stephen that do you not actually agree with because you you would have known whether there was moments that no, I think it's the opposite I think Billy ag- agrees with it all but he just he's looking for yeah, a bit more he right. just thinks it's every, every, every predictable you can all see through and I mean just I don't know just it's good said the players could have Alfredo could have done this and he could have done Alfredo actually looked away today I don't know if he's my eyes but he looked to be a bit away today Alfredo but not just me I just but every single player was half the pace half the boil Paranoid, scared against the attack with Ojo. I don't even know where that guy is. He's a striker or a number ten, or I don't know. But on these fancy pink boots on the day, I know it's that. Now, do you know what, Billy? See, for me, <clears throat> I think Stephen Gerrard this season's had a, a lot of praise. Um, <laughs> he'll have a lot of praise for the performance in the cup final, although they never won. He's had a lot of praise for the performance away at Celtic Park, which they did win. Now, over the last quarter, over the last week. Rangers have been struggling And he's now come in For some criticism So for me th- This is where the manager's Going to have to earn his corn This is where he's going to have to Find the spark That he's talking about That's missing Gordon, Gordon just quickly You're not going to blame a guy Who's scored most of your goals This season And has been your main man But is he a, a little bit off it At the moment Morelos And does that flag up then What people maybe feared Earlier in the season That if he wasn't firing Who's who's there Who's going to step up Yeah he's a massive player For him Of course he is And uh, what worried me About Stephen Gerrard's comments here He he touched on two things In 94 minutes at Ibrox One pass That wasn't completed And the miss of Morelos Now Yeah he's entitled To miss chances Everybody does Let's be honest But he's that good At putting the ball In the back And uh, the minute went through I think every Rangers fan In the stadium Thought that's it That's a winner 1-0 And uh, we'll take the three points He is massive Uh, Unfortunately I didn't have My skills here today So I can't tell you If he's a bit overweight or not but I don't think he is I just think it was one of those days that for Morelos to, to shine you've got to have good deliveries you've got to give him the right kind of balls today Rangers didn't do that he was part of a team it was a poor team the last caller I think says nobody gets pass marks I disagree with that I thought McGregor played very very well today Rocky Gordondale thank you Billy and Carntine thanks to you as well we'll leave it there Hugh Keevans sum it all up for us the Mercury in the thermometer has tonight risen and we are now in the midst of psychological warfare Rangers have not reacted in the last two games they have dropped five points from six Celtic have been handed a massive incentive tomorrow at Hamilton they can go seven points clear albeit with Rangers having a game in hand that is what must drive on Neil Lennon and his players tomorrow 
the pressure just got cranked up It certainly did The big result at Ibrox Rangers nil, Aberdeen nil, Elsewhere Hibs 2 St Mirren 2 Livingston 1 Motherwell nil, Kilmarnock 3 Ross County 1 And St Johnston 3 Hearts 3 It's over to Hamilton and Celtic tomorrow Will that lead be stretched even further? You can find out And you can look back on it all with us At 6 o'clock on Monday With Hugh and Alex GBX is up next Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, the form team for compensation for more than 40 years. Talk to Thompson's.com.